Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in a series called Common Knowledge, where we tackle some questions that we as believers should have the answers to. Questions such as, who is God? Why did God make us? And what is sin? Our prayer is that these messages give you confidence in your faith. We hope you enjoy week three. Um, We are in week three of our series called Common Knowledge. And you guys know this is like a real game show. Did you, who, raise your hand if you knew Common Knowledge was a real game show. Did you know that? Yeah. Who, oh, a lot of y'all just thought we were creative like that? Interesting. Yeah. Nope. We stole it. Um, Common Knowledge is an actual game show. Uh, so what we've been trying to do essentially for this series is get back to the basics. Get back to the basics of our Christian faith. As you guys started school, we wanted to go back to the foundation of who we are as Christians. And we want to answer three questions. The first question that Randy answered in week one was, who is God? Okay, he dove into God's word. He talked about who God is and what that means for us in our lives. And so he answered the question, who is God? Grayson last week, he answered the question, who is man? Or what is man? What is humanity? What is mankind? He answered that question going into God's word. He was in Genesis a little bit. And this week, um, I'm in a different one. They got God. That's a great topic. They got man. That's like a selfish topic, kind of cool topic too. For me, I get to talk about sin today. Yay. Everybody gets to talk about sin. It's exciting, right? No, it's cool. It's exciting. It's good. Um, So shout out to Randy and Grayson for putting that on me. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm excited about it. We are talking about sin. And the question that I want you guys to be able to answer when we walk out of this room is what is sin? What is sin? It's something we talk about a lot in church. We use that word, but I want to be careful that we don't have too high of a view of sin or too low of a view of sin. I want us to look at what God's word has to say about sin. And a a definition for you for what sin is, is that sin is anything that falls short of God's perfect standard. You're like, okay, that's interesting. Um, When I say falls short, here's what I mean by that. Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, right? Jesus lived a very perfect life. Jesus encapsulated all of God's law from the Old Testament, all the, anybody heard of the 10 commandments before, right? The 10 commandments, Jesus lived those out perfectly, right? All the other laws, every other law in the Old Testament, he lived out perfectly. He was a direct reflection of God's character. Therefore, Jesus was perfect, Now, you and I, we fall short of that mark. Has anybody ever shot archery before? Anybody shot archery? Are there any sixth graders out there who lost to me in archery tag at sixth grade camp? Because I know you're out there. Yeah, that's right. I know you're out there. Um, But I'll say this. Archery is actually a great illustration for what sin is. Did y'all know that? In archery, there's this, uh, there's obviously there's this arrow. I'm not good at it. I'm actually very poor at it. There's this arrow. And if you miss the target in archery, that's called a sin. That's what that's called. It's, it's a miss. You're missing the target. And in the same way, students, for us, when we miss that level of perfection that Jesus set before us, we miss that level of perfection, that is sin. And that's what we're looking at. You see in Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. When I, uh, when I was 17 years old, I started at Raising Cane's. And they hired me and I worked for $7.45 an hour. I was making bank. It was incredible. Um, It was just 20 cents over minimum wage. And so that was sad. Um, But I made $7.45 an hour. If I went for an hour of work, they owed me $7.45, students. A wage is something you earn. And so when that scripture verse says, for the wages of sin is death, what it's telling us is that what we've earned for our sin is death. 
That's what it's telling us. It says we've earned sin. And you're like, man, what is sin? I know you mentioned the, the Ten Commandments and those things like that. In Galatians, there's a list of some sins that the people in Galatia used to deal with. This isn't a necessarily exhaustive list, but these are some lists we might, uh, these are some sins we might identify with. Uh, it'll be up on the screen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 says this. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. These are there's a lot of things that fall under that, um, under that sphere. You have pornography, you have sex outside of marriage, you have homosexuality, you have all these different sexual sins that we see. They fall in this category. You see sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, placing anything above God, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, listen to this, as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And notice it didn't just say, these are all the sins. It says, and things like these. There are many other things in God's word that are laid out for us in scripture that are sin. And it says, if we do these things, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is, students, this is a big deal. You need to understand what sin is because if you do these things, the scripture tells us you won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's what this broken state we live in. But to answer our question today, what is sin? I could throw a bunch of scripture out at you. I could, throw, I could pick and choose and go here and here and here. But something I want to do, if we're really going back to the basics, I want to go to the very start is what I want to do. I want to go to the very start. I want to look in Genesis. Okay, I want to look at the very first sin with Adam and Eve. I want to see where sin entered into the picture with mankind. And the first thing I want you guys to know is this. I want you to know that mankind was not always sinful. Did you know that? Because I think a lot of times we think, man, sin has just been around forever. Like sin is just this thing that has always been there and that's actually God created man sinful and that is not true. God created man to have relationship with him and this, with sin, God can't be there because it's holy and so God would never create us with sin. That was not the original intent of our design. In Genesis chapter one, verse, uh, verse 31, it says this. Oh, I gotta get there. Genesis 1, 31, it says, this is at the very end of creation. And God has created everything. He said, man, I made the light, it's good. I made the dark, it's good. I made uh, the ocean, it's good. I made the air, it's good. I made the earth, I made the land, I made the sea creatures, I made the birds. He said, man, all these things are good, 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 good. And then he says this, he says, and God saw everything that he had made. This is right after he made man. He said, God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. Very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. God made it a point when he made us to say, man, this is very good. It was very good because he had created a being that he had relationship with. Look in verse 15 of chapter two. It says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Understand this guys, don't, don't look over this. This is God having a relationship with Adam in this moment. He's saying, hey Adam, I built this garden for you. It is paradise. It is incredible. It is perfect. We can walk in this garden together. It's a sweet place. And he says, Adam, just take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. He's like, dude, I got all these trees for you, all this fruit, go nuts. This is awesome. He says, but verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We see this first command laid out by God. He says, Adam, I made all this for you. I have all this stuff for you. I gave you life. I have, I, I've given you a wife. I've given you everything you could possibly need. I have all these animals, all this creation. You have it all here. He says, just don't do this one thing. He said, you see that tree over there? He says, do not eat from that tree. He says, do not eat from that tree. And here's the deal is that we weren't always made sinful. This is the beginning state of man and students. I want you to understand 
we share the gospel sometimes and we think, man, heaven is the ultimate goal. And I want you guys to know the ultimate goal we see all throughout scripture is, man, after heaven, we get glorified and we have, we come back to earth, there's a new earth and we actually have, oh, we go back to our original design. It's kind of crazy. We go back to being sinless and actually having a relationship with God the way that he intended it in Genesis chapter one. I think that's an incredible thing that we often forget. I have an illustration for this. I, uh, I played basketball in high school, okay? Played basketball. I actually played basketball in elementary and middle school, and I played in high school as well. And it was coming up, I was 18 years old. I was coming up on my senior season. And so I've really, honestly, I've worked my whole life for this moment. My senior year was a big deal. I was super excited. Still wasn't sure if I wanted to play in college or not. I was like, man, if the offers start coming in, maybe I'll play. I was so pumped. I was like, this, this is it. I've been, I've been working hard for this. In the very last preseason game, okay, we had scrimmages around Oklahoma. And the very last preseason game, I can picture right now, I'm running down the court and this guy cuts me off and I step on his foot. I step on his foot and my ankle rolls in a way that it really isn't supposed to. Um, and I was down. I was down and hurt. I, I, I was trying to find a picture of it because it was ugly. It was, it was purple. It was blue. You couldn't see my ankle for a long time. It was awful. I didn't break it. I didn't break it, but it was rolled. And I'll tell you this. I've never, probably never been more diligent about anything in my entire life than I was about rehabbing that ankle. I was like, man, this is my time. It's my senior year of basketball. This could be the last time I ever get to play. And I was like four weeks out from opening night. And I mean, I'm telling you, every day I was 20 minutes in the ice bucket, 20 minutes elevating, 20 minutes massaging, 20 minutes ice bucket, 20 minutes elevating, 20 minutes massaging. I was just going on and off. I was like, I'm going to play. I've worked way too hard my whole life for this. But the reality is the way my ankle was designed is it's designed for me to cut, to jump, to move, to defensive slide, to do these things. And all of a sudden I rolled it and something came into the picture, this pain, this ligament tore or whatever it is. It tore, and now I literally could not walk without a boot. I could not, my ankle would not work in the way it was designed to work. And students, I need you to understand that our life, humanity right now, under the influence of sin, was not God's original design for us. It was not God's original design for us. Some people are like, why would God create me just to sin? That wasn't his original design. That was human's choice. You choose to sin each and every day. You do, and one day... One day he will restore that. One day he will restore that relationship, but that was not his original design. I need you to know that. I think that's important that we understand where sin came from. And we're about to see the actually origin of it, of how it came into the picture with mankind. But we're gonna look at sin for the rest of the time and I'll be a little bit quicker. I have four points, okay? If you're taking notes, these are great to write down, okay? Four points. They say this. Uh, the first one is this, is that sin is deceptive, Sin is deceptive. I want you to look at Genesis chapter three, verse one through six. Remember our story here. Adam and Eve were told, do not eat of that fruit, okay? Verse one, now the serpent, and this is Satan, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, listen to this, this is how it starts, it's deceptive. He said to the woman, did God actually say, man, isn't that something we ask ourselves a lot? It's like, man, does this, is this really a sin? Like, can I go in, could I go up to this line a little far? Does God's word actually say, I can't do this? He says, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. In verse four, the serpent says, he says, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, lie, right? 
because <laughs> we see here Eve eventually did die. Verse, uh, verse five, for God knows that when you eat of it, <clears throat> your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So catch this, it's deceptive. Look at this, it's attractive. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. It's a big statement. It's, it's heavy. I was reading that earlier today. And I was like, man, that is a heavy moment in, the, in, in human history. That's a heavy moment. Sin is deceptive. It, what, notice it wasn't until Eve looked at the fruit and saw that it looked good, that it would taste good, and that it ultimately would benefit her to be more like God that she was going to take it. Sin is deceptive. She said, man, there are, some, there are some benefits to doing this, right? And I think if we're not careful, we do that with sin in our world too. I have a silly kind of illustration to show you for almost just the deceptive nature of sin. I have a picture right here. This was actually a part of our game. Does anybody know what this is? Actually, you probably do from the game, right? What is this? It's a lighter, right? Did y'all know back in the day when I started driving, I drove a 2002 Chevy Silverado. It was awesome. Um, my dad still has it and I'm jealous of him. So I used to drive this car and I had one of these in there. It was just a lighter that you had in your car. You would punch it in and it would get hot and you would light something up with that. And then, I mean, light a cigarette up is what people would do. It's the picture there. Um, but there's, it, it works a certain way. You put it in there and actually I have a picture for you. This is what it looks on the inside. That's what it looks on the inside. And then show the next picture. When it gets really hot, that's what it looks like. That's how you know it's ready. Okay. Now me, I'm just an idiot as a driver. Um, well, as a person, but also in my O2 Chevy Silverado, but I was in there and I was with my buddy one day and I was like, Hey, look, and I knew if it wasn't red, I'd be okay. I was like, if it's not red, it can't be that hot because those are the rules of this game, I guess. And so I was doing it and I looked at my buddy. It was maybe the dumbest moment of my life. I still remember to this day. I was like, look, bro, huh? and it hurt so bad. I'm telling you, I took it off and there was smoke coming off of my finger, but it wasn't red. It was still that color of that last picture. So I was like, there's no way it's too hot. Well, idiot David, of course it's warming up, right? It just hasn't reached like the peak heat that it was gonna be. But here's what I'll tell you. Is I was playing around with something I definitely didn't need to play around with. I was looking at it and I was thinking, man, this is safe. This is safe. It's going to be enjoyable. I'm going to get a laugh out of this. And it's ultimately what happened is it burned me. It burned me. And students, if we're not careful, we approach sin the same way and we're deceived so easily. We're deceived so easily. We walk into a relationship with our boyfriend and our girlfriend and think, does God really say this about sex? Does he really say this about my relation with her, what, how far is too far? It, it's it's going to feel good for right now. Or maybe it's alcohol and you're like, man, if I could just get drunk one time or I just want to, I'm going to push that line. Hey, your friend's going to be at that party. So I'm going to go to that party. It's, it's deceiving. It's like, it, it'll be fun for a little bit. Students, here's what I'm going to tell you is it is always, there are always consequences. There are always consequences to our sin. It's deceptive. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's attractive at times. But students, these are short-term satisfactions. These are short-term satisfactions. And we have to be careful. We have to be on guard because there's one way. Remember why you were created in the original, originally. This is why I shared this. You weren't created to live a sinful life away from God and his word. The original design is to live according to his word in relationship with him. That's where life is found in its fullest. Hear me. That's where you have sustaining life. That's where you have sustaining 
um, joy, sustaining satisfaction. It's not found in these vices and these things that we go after, uh, whether it's whether it's a sexual relationship, I don't know why that's so on my heart today, but a sexual relationship, it's pornography, it's alcohol, it's partying, it's lying, it's cheating. It's all these things that we're so tempted to do. It's stealing, right? These things that, man, that's kind of fun. It gave me a rush. I'm going to go back and do it. And you think it's harmless. Students, there are always consequences. And Adam and Eve, and they figured this out um, the hard way, but before they did, they see that, we see this picture of how obvious sin is in the presence of God. Looking at verse 7. Then the eyes, so they just sinned. They just ate their, their apple. He says this. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. All of a sudden they feel shame for the very first time. All of a sudden they're like, whoa, something's not right here. And so they create clothes for themselves. Verse eight. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, what did they do? They hid themselves hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Is that not so different? Remember that picture in, the, in chapter two where God said, hey, here's this garden. You take after it. I'm gonna bless you with this. And now all of a sudden that same God, God hasn't changed, but God's walking around. And what do Adam and Eve do? They hide. And sin in the presence of God is obvious. It is so obvious. It is so clear when you're in the presence of somebody holy. Our sin is so obvious. And I think a lot of us, I don't want you to check out on me here um, because some of you might get your feelings hurt by this. And so be careful. Um, But I think the reality is a lot of us stop coming to church sometimes when we're not following the Lord because it's obvious in our life as soon as we come here. We don't want to be confronted with that sin. And you're like, man, I want to do my own thing. Why would I go to live on Wednesday night just for God to tell me, man, you really shouldn't be living that way. Why would I do that? And here, Adam and Eve, they were approached with the presence of God and they felt shame for the very first time. You're like, I don't want to feel shame. I don't want to feel convicted by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do that. And students, that's a, being convicted by the Holy Spirit is a good place to be. It's a good place to be. We should seek that out. It's difficult. It's hard to make life change, but it is worth it. Next point is this. The third out of four is this, is sin has consequences. And we saw that with Adam and Eve. There was consequences for the serpent. There was consequences for Adam and Eve. I'm going to read these. I'm going to power read these. I don't know what power read is, but imagine this powerful, okay? Verse 14 says this. This is the consequences. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Verse 15 is so cool. Let me point it out to you. I will put enmity between you and the woman in between your offspring and her offspring. Listen, he said, hey, I'm going to put tension between man, the offspring of Eve, and Satan, right? He's talking about demons. He's talking about just this, this dark force, this Satan, demons, the enemy. He's saying, I'm going to put tension between you guys. And here's what he says about Eve's offspring, talking about Jesus ultimately. Listen, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He's talking about, it's the very first picture. I wish I had time just to dive into this so much, guys. But this is, people say this is the very first picture of the gospel. Not like the very first conversation that God had with Adam and Eve right after they sinned. He had a conversation about how he's going to redeem them. How cool is that? There's hope. I want you to see that. that We have sin. It's like, oh, this is going to be lame. This is going to be hard. But we see God has just woven hope and grace all throughout it. It's so cool. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, 
He said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and you have eaten the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. That's so different from the garden he gave them, right? He said, dude, now the ground's cursed. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Listen to this, this is new. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust and to dust you shall return. God's saying, <clears throat> now you're gonna deal with death. Now you're gonna deal with death. You wanted knowledge of good and evil. Now you'll see um, that's a pretty big consequence, right? Pretty big consequence. None of the consequences were bigger than verse 22 through 24. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand, take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Listen to verse 22 or 23. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. Students, that's the biggest consequence of sin right there is that you have Adam and Eve. Don't miss this, guys. Remember that original design. They're walking in the garden with God. They have perfect community, perfect relationship with God. I know some of us, some of us in this room are saved and you're like, man, there's moments where I just feel like I'm so close to God and there's moments I feel like he's not there. They never had that. <laughs> it was just like he was there. He, they walked with him. They walked with his spirit in the garden. They knew God. And now in this moment, because of sin, God is holy. He said, I cannot be around that sin. He said, you, I, to, I gotta get you out of the garden. He says, you have to be out of the garden. I want you to focus on something here. I skipped one verse and I wanna bring it up. It's verse 21. And this is before God takes him out. And I love this picture of what God does because it's right before he, he kicks him out. He says, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and he clothed them. Remember, there was shame, there was sin. A lot of us feel shame when we sin. And God said, hey, I know you're, shame, you're, you're ashamed right now. He said, but I'm gonna take care of you. He goes, but you have to understand there's consequences for your sin. You have to get out of the garden. Students, sin has consequences. Sin is certainly deceiving. It's obvious when we're in the presence of God. But here's the reality. Sin is temporary, okay? Sin is temporary. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody say that before. I actually don't even know if I've ever said that before. Because just studying through this, I was thinking, I was like, man, I think sometimes we, we elevate sin to this moment, to this position of power that it doesn't belong. You get me? I think sometimes we think of it like Star Wars, right? And there's like, there's like good and evil or like the Avengers and there's like the Avengers and Thanos and like there's these equal combatants going at it. And students, I want to tell you right now, whenever sin entered mankind, God wasn't shaking at all, right? God is the creator and he created Satan. He created us. Satan was the originator of our sin. And God is so much higher above him is that sin is temporary. There will be a day when there is no sin, when there is no shame. There will be a day that that comes. Students, Romans 6.23, I brought it up earlier. I said, for the wages of sin is death. Students, look at me. Every single person in here deserves death. Every single person in here deserves death. But it's the gift of Jesus. Says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift and it's given only by Jesus. Remember my ankle, remember my ankle story? How did I get back on the basketball court? Man, I worked hard. 
How did I get back on that? I worked hard. I massaged it out. I put it in an ice bucket and I elevated it. That was all me. That was my discipline. That was my diligence. I was crushing it. I was like, I am so driven right now. I'm going to do this. Students, do not miss this. I don't care how driven you are. I don't care how disciplined you are. You can never make it to heaven on your own actions. You understand that? Some of us are like, David, no, dude, I have had perfect attendance at life. David, I got baptized at beach retreat. David, I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. Guys, these are all fantastic things. These are things that believers do. But those things in and of themselves will not get you into heaven. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I share it every time I teach up here, guys, because this is the only truth that keeps me going. Is the only truth that keeps me going. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you'll be saved. That is the only way, students, that we will be saved. Some of you have been walking through this life. You're like, man, I have a knowledge of Jesus, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And some of you have walked in today and you're like, I need a relationship with Jesus. I've ever just, I've never just, I've just gone to church. I've just walk through the motions. I have knowledge. I live in sin. And I see very clearly that the Bible is taking me toward death, toward destruction. Students, we need to adjust that. God made a plan. God didn't just shut down the Garden of Eden and be like, well, see you later, humanity. I'm going to try again. That's not what he said. He made the plan. He sent his son down to live a perfect life. He died on the cross, the death that you and I deserve, students. If you confess him as your Lord, if you surrender your life to him and you believe that gospel story, you'll be saved. That's what he tells us.